Hello and welcome to Stories from India, a podcast where we talk about myths, legends and folk tales from India. I'm your host Narad Muni and I'm a mythological character myself. I have the gift of eternal life and knowledge of the past, the present and the future. By profession, I'm a traveling musician and a storyteller. So the way I'm doing my job is by podcast. This week we are back into the world of Vikram and Bethal. Ordinarily, I like to spread out these stories. But this time, I had a listener specifically request the story. So I'll break with tradition this time. The character this week is a sibling of Varun, who was a recent character of the week. This one rides a gazelle. It's not surprising then that he's as fast as the wind. Another reason for that is that he is the wind. If you haven't heard the previous Vikram and Bethal episodes, that's still okay because all of these stories are stand alone. I do recommend checking out episode 5, Kingly Duties though. because there's some background information on why wick and the vampire were on their rinse and repeat cycle here's a quick summary vikramaditya or wick was a wise king once a rishi gave him a daily gift a precious gem disguised as a fruit to repay the gifts The king agreed to fulfill the rishi's very simple wish of fetching him a betal. A betal, in case you don't know, is a reanimated corpse. Though in some translations, it has been approximated to a vampire. The betal mostly loved hanging around in a tree, by hanging down from it, like a bat. He did not want to be captured. and the only way he could escape was if the king said something so the betal told stories to the king and those stories were all lateral thinking puzzles that tricked the king into speaking the king was always smart enough to know the answer but not smart enough to hold his tongue we return to the crematorium with wick walking towards the rishi with a captured betal on his back the betal began his story as usual with the premise that it was a long walk and wick looked sullen maybe a story would take his mind off of serious matters would he like to hear it fresh off of yet another chase up the tree and a recapture Wick's tired limbs reminded him to keep his mouth shut for now. The betal began his story as if Wick had given him the go ahead which he hadn't. A long long time ago in a kingdom far far away there lived princess Chandralekha. There were many princes from far away kingdoms who really really wanted to be with her it wasn't just that she was a very capable princess 
and quite a celebrity in ancient India, the icing on the cake was that whoever married her would inherit her father's kingdom. A number of princes showed up, seeking her hand in marriage, but they were all rejected outright, except for three. Each of those three princes had a unique selling point. The first one, Drishti, claimed that he could see the past, the present, and the future. And I swear it wasn't me in disguise. The second one, Avi, claimed that he had constructed a chariot all by himself. Mm, and what exactly is so special about that? asked the princess. It doesn't just travel on land. It can fly. It can swim. Golly, did you consider making it like a carpet? We could get out of the palace, see a whole new world. <clears throat> interrupted the third prince, Shakti. I have a sword. Chandralekha and Drishti and Avi stared at Shakti. Chandralekha said finally, I am up to my eye teeth with swords. My father owns sword-making factories. We export them everywhere. We raffle them off in every contest we can think of. We gift each other swords on birthdays. Even our birthday cakes are sword-shaped. Do you really think I want to look at another sword? No, no, said Shakti. This one is special. I just have to aim it at someone and the sword does the rest. It never misses and always does a thorough job. How do you know it never misses? asked the princess. I have a side hustle as a sword thrower on stage. You know, the one where there's an audience volunteer standing against the target and I throw swords at them and I neatly manage to hit everything on the target without harming them at all? I can demonstrate if any of you would like to try that. But no one wanted to be a part of it. Let me sleep on it, said the princess. I'll tell you my decision tomorrow. But the next morning, when the three princes showed up bright and early, there was chaos at the palace. The princess had been kidnapped. Someone had broken into the palace at night. The bets were all on a dragon, but it was more likely to be a demon, also called a Rakshas. No one knew where the princess was, or if she was even alive. Drishti closed his eyes, concentrated, and then announced to everyone, Yes! The princess had been kidnapped. Was she alive? Yes, she was alive. But that was about to change. A giant Rakshas had locked her up and was planning to eat her. And you know all this because of your vision? Asked Avi, skeptically. Yes, said Drishti. But I knew you wouldn't believe me. So I'll tell you something no one else knows. You have candy wrappers in your left pocket. And your favorite magazine is Vanity Fair. 
Avi was shocked, dumbfounded. I like candy. And I like seeing fashion trends. There's nothing wrong with that. Of course not, said Drishti. Here, I'll just draw us a map of the Rakshas' mansion. Here's how the security system works. We have to hurry. The Rakshas had just put the water to boil. So he might start cooking her soon. The three princes took off on Avi's chariot. It really could fly. But Drishti knew that, of course. When they got there, the Rakshas had just finished chopping up the vegetables. He was ready to move on to Chandralekha. The Rakshas was a giant. And for some reason, he was wearing his armor while cooking. But Shakti got his sword out and pointed it. The sword flew out of his hands and made straight for the Rakshas finding exactly the gap in his armor and killing him instantly. They all returned to Chandralekha's kingdom. Now, Chandralekha had to choose. There was a case to be made for each of the three princes. Should she marry Drishti, without whose knowledge she'd never have been rescued? Knowing everything in advance might be quite useful. They could win the lottery. They could be perfect rulers. They could be perfect rulers. Knowing in advance about things like pandemics and natural disaster and preparing for it. But should she instead marry Avi, who had a combination private plane, yacht and limo? She could really go anywhere at any time in that chariot. Moreover, Avi had built the chariot himself, whereas Drishti was born with his precognition and Shakti had acquired his sword in a game of chance. Maybe Avi could invent even more stuff. And then there was Shakti. He was arguably the most powerful person in the world. All he had to do was to point the sword at someone and it would do the rest. And she had had no doubt that without the special sword, the Rakshas would not have been defeated and she would not have been rescued. At this point, the Betal asked Vic, Whom should the princess choose? Vic answered, she should choose whomever she likes best. Clearly, all three princes contributed to her rescue, even though Shakti was the one who dealt the final blow. The Betal said, You can't weasel out of this. She liked them all the same amount. How was Vic going to break the tie? Vic replied, Given all the constant wars between kingdoms, in ancient India, I would have to say Prince Shakti. He saved her life after all, and he could do it again. He'd never ever have any enemies. Those who didn't know about the sword would be killed by it if they dared attack. The rest 
would not want to do anything to upset anyone in possession of a sword like that. If Drishti could find a way to acquire this chariot and the sword, that would be perfect. But it would certainly be annoying living with someone who knows every detail about you. Like when you picked your nose, or exactly how many cookies you took from the cookie jar. Right again, Vic, said the Betal. But guess what? You've been speaking all this while. So, bye-bye. The Betal flew off again. Vic is going to go and get him, but that's in a future episode. That's all for today. Some notes on the show. I've chosen the names of the three princes a bit based on what their speciality is. Avi is short for Avishkarik in Hindi, which means inventor. Drishti is the Hindi word for vision. And Shakti means power, also synonymous with strength. Today's character of the week is the god of wind, Vayu. He's a sibling of Varun, who was also a recent character of the week. Vayu rides a gazelle. He had to pick an animal that was at least as fast as him. Otherwise, what's the point of having a ride? I'll mention one incident that Vayu was involved in and that I had a bit of a hand in. Vayu the wind and Mount Meru, a sentient mountain and also the center of the universe, were good friends. That was until I had a conversation with Vayu. Not completely on purpose, but I think I started a fight. I may have egged on Vayu a bit more than necessary. Vayu decided to cut Meru down to size. He blew with all his strength against the huge mountain. The mountain didn't budge, of course, but Vayu persisted. As you may have learned in geography, wind erodes stone over millions of years. And that's what happened here. Despite some heroic intervention, from the half-man, half-bird Garud, Vayu managed to break off the top of the mountain. The large pieces of rock crumbled and fell into the sea. And the largest of those created the island of Sri Lanka. Island creation is a unique side effect of erosion that geography books may not have taught you. Meru was the character of the week in episode 12, Annabelle and the Forty Thieves, and Garud held that post in the very first episode, Unicorn Fish. Check out some links on the site, sfipodcast.com. That's all for this week. If you have comments or suggestions, please leave a comment or a review on the site, sfipodcast.com, or tweet at sfipodcast. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook. Be sure to subscribe to the show to get notified automatically of new episodes. And thanks to all your listeners for your continued support and your feedback. The music 
is from purpleplanet.com. That's purple-planet.com. I've had some really good listener feedback and accordingly, I'm changing the format of the show a little bit to suit your preferences. From next time, the characters of the week will be a separate mini episode by themselves. These will be released on Wednesday night in the US or Thursday morning in India and Europe. The character of the week next time is a god who began as a regular boy made of clay and then had a head transplant with an elephant. And while some people find snakeskin belts fashionable in this day and age, this god's belt is an actual snake. I'll see you next week.